Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! joining you on a Wednesday morning. We are so glad to be with you today. We appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast wherever you get your podcast at supertalk.fm or whatever app you people are using these days, whatever newfangled device. The stuff that even Joel and I don't know about. It's happening. It's out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Are we on, speaking of tuning in, are we on tune in? We are not on tune in. We're not? No, because we're a podcast. Curious. We're not a radio station. Oh. And Super Talk is not on tune in either. Oh, I believe. didn't. So. See, I don't know what we're on and what we're not. Yeah. I just show up. I just work here. That's, hey, that's the way I like to keep things. Um, I want to thank all you guys for turning, tuning in, as I was trying to say before Joel so rudely interrupted me, especially our servicemen and women. You, you were about to interrupt my talk about the servicemen and women. That's what you were doing. That's your selfishness. I, I, I'll tell you what. If you'd forgotten it, I was going to bring it up. Okay. So. Well, I would never forget that. Yeah, you better not. All right. What just happened? Somebody had a home run? Uh, I got a, uh, a new Twitter follower. Welcome trip done to the Joel T. Coleman train. All right. We uh, we, we got a little postseason baseball <laughs> as, we, as we're going here. Fortunately, it's not the Braves, so Joel will be at least 75% engaged in this show. If, yeah, it, were, if it were the Braves, I wouldn't even ask him to record. I mean, just be like, it's, I can't do it. I get it. Oh, you wouldn't have had to ask me to not record because I wouldn't no, have shown You told up. me. You'd have been like, I'm just uh, not coming, coming. Yeah, spoiler alert, I will not be on Friday's show. That's right. Uh, Friday's show, Joel will not be here. He is headed over to uh, to Atlanta for the uh, first game. I'll be a chop. Who's on the, who's on the mound? Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel. Against? Miles Mikolas. Miles Mikolas, the guy who played Hannibal? Well, I think this is a different guy. Okay. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House. Where are we going? Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We want to appreciate them. They are doing a great job for you guys out there. Make sure when your next time you're in Starkville on October the whatever when State plays LSU. You know, we just thought we had it bad, by the way. We're talking about this uh, Saturday. State, you know, only one home game between now and November 16th, and that's the LSU game. Auburn isn't at home until November 2nd. They, got, they are on the road for October. Yeah. They play their last home game of, of the month in September on Saturday. They're not back in Jordan-Hare until November 2nd. Against another Mississippi Against team. Ole Miss. Yep. Yes, that's crazy how that works. All right. Not a lot of football to talk tonight, but we'll, we'll get to some of it. Uh, if we talked to Joe Moorhead, or at least Joel talked to Joe Moorhead. On, uh, they, they screwed me, Joel. They screwed me. Hey, I'm it, sitting here. if it makes you feel any better, I missed the first, like, 60 seconds. I'm sitting here, 5.50. I place my order to pick up at Chick-fil-A, and then I get the text. Hey, we're almost done. Be done in 10 minutes. Hey, Borky, I got to go. Call Chick-fil-A. Hey, I'm not coming. And uh, walked in. That's all one of the SIDs. Like, is he already up there? Yes. And then a, I used all seven of my words on the way up the stairs and uh, got in there, and like I got one question in. But So what if you use one of your words on the show going over your seven? That, that, that counts as a sin, and I'll have to answer for it on Judgment Day. So that's how that works. Christ's blood's already paid the price. So, just well, you know, maybe not for me. I, mean, I, I went over. I, I may have gone over my tab. This is this is where we. This is where we. Do we get into a Protestant Catholic uh, show now? No, not really. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not even talking about the Catholic. I'm just talking about for myself. Just me personally. <laughs> yeah, you just already. Christ is like I can redeem almost anybody, but you got some work to do. Uh, I think that it covered even you. Well, I, you know what. My friend, I do hope you're right. I'll see you on God's golden shore if that's the case. <laughs> uh, first things first, we, we learned uh, Tommy Stevens has not practiced this week, and the plan is to get him back on Sunday. Is that correct? 
Uh, seems they're hopeful to get him back on Sunday. Hopeful to get him back uh, on Sunday. They, they want to get him back on Sunday. Um, he didn't guarantee he's going to be back on Sunday, but kind of seems like he's not going to do anything this week. And you can't blame him. I mean, he hadn't been healthy. What's That's the, the whole point? point. This, this is yeah. what having a bye week is about, is, is taking care of injuries. Yep. And uh, that, so it, Joe talked a lot about that on Tuesday night, about how the the practice and, – and they're just practicing tonight and they're practicing Wednesday, and then they're off. Mm-hmm. Um, until Sunday, right? Um, so the players are off. The coaches, are, yeah, they're going to go recruiting. recruiting. Trail, yeah. That's right. So uh, anyway, tonight's or Tuesday night's practice and Wednesday night's practice seems like they will be very much, uh, as Joe put it, you know, best on best a little bit, and, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be more the second and third stringers getting more reps and young guys right. getting which more, Garrett more, more alluded to stuff. as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Garrett he kind of fits in that role. I guess is. He would play if it was ones on ones, and then if you throw the younger guys out there, I guess you'd play a little bit. He can't too, get can't off you? the field no, now. Yeah. He's just no. I mean, I, I, I assume that Jalen Maiden and some of those guys would would take more more reps in practice. But who who knows? I mean, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a seems like a, a really seems like Tuesday night was everybody was pleased with the the bounce back. Not that they would show up at the press conference and be like, oh, everybody's still hung over from losing. Right. I mean, they wouldn't have said that anyway, but. Everybody seemed to be in good spirits that we talked to. All the didn't talk to many players, but everybody seemed a okay. Joe seemed to be in a uh, much different demeanor than he was post game on Saturday. I mean, he yeah. was kind of I don't know if jovial is the right word, but he was kind of joking around with self, us. I and, felt. Uh, yeah, he he was he was normal Joe. On, Had a lot to say night. about recruiting. Uh yeah, he he was presented with several recruiting questions and things. Uh, one by by you, if I the one question right. I got in, yeah, which um, his answer surprised me. I asked him, uh, with it looking like Garrett's not going to be able to redshirt, does that change the way you want to attack quarterbacks in this class? Do you want to possibly, you know, I didn't ask, but I figure it's understood. Maybe I should have asked, but would you possibly want to take a second quarterback? And he said, no, we got our guy, and that's all we're going to get. And he's, of course, alluding to, he can't say his name uh, because of NCAA rules, but he's alluding to Will Rogers, the quarterback at Brandon High School, who's been committed to Mississippi State uh, since going back into the spring, I believe. Um, very solid quarterback. I think he, you know, sort of looks like he fits that Moorhead system. When I talked to uh, my friend Jake Wimberly, who was also my competition at five o'clock for your drive time hours down there in Jackson, um, but you know, he does play by play for Brandon, and he said, based on what he sees, he's like this guy can will fit right into what yeah. Joe Moorhead wants to do. Does that lead you to believe that Jalen's sticking around? That's that was that was the question I can't really ask, which was. Hey, coach, in all likelihood, Jalen Maiden and Keaton Thompson are going to transfer, and you're going to have a true freshman and a, a true sophomore in your quarterback room and nobody else. So what are you going to do about that? Yeah. Um, my guess is that, and this is just a guess, that MSU will look for a grad transfer the way Kentucky did, a potential group of five guy who would like to be on a Power 5 roster uh, and try to have like that guy as the insurance policy, but not – the way they did this year, looking for a potential starter. You know, somebody that you're honest with in the recruiting process, and, you know, hey, you're here to provide experience, provide depth. If we have a, a situation, you'll be the guy. But that said, you know, this is Garrett Schrader's job. I don't think anybody can look at Mississippi State right now. And this is – I talk about this a lot. I talk about, you know, looking at depth charts in the recruiting process. I always felt like Justin Fields didn't do a good job of that. You know, he, he looked at – he went to Georgia – where at the time he committed, there was a true freshman starring for Georgia. So, you know, you're going to be behind that guy. You just are. And because 
nobody's changing a winning lineup. Very rarely do we see that happen. And and so I, I think that whoever stays is going to have to pursue is going to have to look at the depth chart and say, okay, we've got this guy who's clearly going to be the starter for the next two, three years, depending on how long he's there. You know, I'm going in to be for depth. Kentucky got that with Sawyer Smith. Not that Sawyer Smith is a, a really great quarterback, although I think when he's healthy, he is a capable quarterback. He's a guy who you know they could win some games with, especially Kentucky's schedule. That's what State needs to go out and find. Do you think that's what they're going to do, or do you think Moorhead's just going to hold true to his word here? I can't see them just going in next season with Schrader, Rodgers, and nobody else unless he just has a belief that Maiden or Thompson's going nowhere. Yeah, uh, that was what I was going to say. Uh, we don't know the, the discussions that have already been had. We don't know how... Happy Jalen Maiden is at Mississippi State, or maybe he's happy, maybe he's not. I mean, you know, we, we don't. That's that's things that we don't know. Um, you know, does Jalen Maiden have a girlfriend at Mississippi State? That he wants to stare. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I, who 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 knows how happy these guys are? But uh, you know, I I find it very hard to believe State would go into next season with Garrett Schrader and a true freshman, and that being it. So. There's yeah. got to be a plan. I, whether that plan includes Jalen Maiden or whether it includes a grad transfer or whether, at this point, who knows what's happening with the Keaton Thompson situation. Maybe he's still here. Who the heck knows? That seems, uh, it seems very, very unlikely. More, but I'm just more, saying. More likely. Maiden here or Thompson here? Maiden. Next, yeah. I would, I would but, say Maiden. But even Maiden, it seems unlikely. Maiden seems destined to me to be at, like, North Texas or something next year. And then Thompson. But, you know, his brother's in the SEC. Maybe he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable being a backup quarterback in the SEC. It's fine. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's not like I don't. I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mind or say that I know what he's thinking because I don't. But he could be perfectly happy. But at the end of the day, going in reverse here, State's not going to go into next season. I wouldn't imagine with just Garrett Trader and a true freshman. Yeah, that seems highly, highly unlikely. Uh, speaking of uh, of depth and things of that nature, we got the word today that Kareem Walker has uh, begun practicing. Got to go through his NCAA-mandated five-day acclimation period. So let, let's talk about that real quick. What it is is when you start practice, think about fall practice, right, fall camp. They don't just go out there the first day in full pads. They just they go through a couple days in helmets, a couple days in shells, and then you're in the full pads. Yep. Well, the same thing evidently holds true if you join the team in October. They mandate that you get a couple days in just your helmet, a couple days in shells, and then, a couple, and then you go to full pads. That's what Kareem Walker is doing now. So my guess is it could be possible that in an emergency situation, he could play this season now. Uh, it seems like it. I mean, if you're on the practice field, I mean, why not? <laughs> At this juncture, uh, State's running back room isn't exactly been the healthiest bunch when you consider Nick Gibson and, and Lee Witherspoon and how they've been banged up. You know, I, with a bye week and a couple weeks off, I mean, they may be closer to full health here when it's Tennessee time and several days. But, but yeah, at this at this juncture, I mean, he's practicing. You'd have to think he has a shot now. And I would have never, back a few weeks ago, guessed that. Uh, yeah. But here we are. Uh, you know, good for good for him. You yeah. Know, he's. Uh, like, it, it might. We, we've asked about him enough, and uh, Joe almost brought it up on. He wasn't joking about the situation, but we've asked him so many dadgum times about Kareem Walker's status. He's like, "Oh, by the way, Kareem Walker, he was out there today." Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of. And, how and he here's said the it. thing for me is that you know maybe that changes my projection a little bit because if he can practice this year and get up to speed a little bit, 
then yeah, maybe he can provide some depth next year and be a guy who can play. Maybe so. So maybe you know, let's see how we'll see what the season brings us. And Colin Hill spoke. I, I think you were up there. When we I was. I was there. Talking yeah. About, yeah, I was there for the players. He spoke pretty highly of of Kareem and how he's kind of been a a coach like guy for him on the on the sidelines in yeah. games and so so he seems to be a good relationship there with Kareem and the guys. So yeah, that'd be a good story if he just randomly ends up getting out there and being contributing anything. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty cool story seems like he's going to be here seems like joe moorhead's going to be here were you there for the yeah i was not there that's the other thing we should address that he was uh, indeed asked about the the rumor mill churning that he might be interested or has been contacted or anything about the rutgers job and the answer to that was ah, well i'm quite happy here oh that was, that was the other guy <laughs> that was not that was not joe moorhead that's the other guy uh but he did say that he had not been contacted to this point and you know had no at this time interest in that job. and, and in all fairness it was never reported that there was interest. It was more so like he might make sense at Rutgers. It was more like his name thrown out there right. by, by outlets and people saying well, that this what, could make sense. Yeah, this is what Richard Cross was talking about earlier on Sports Talk Mississippi on Tuesday. That it's not that wasn't a hot list that guy put together. He just he just threw a bunch of names out there that like maybe they could come. You know, I mean, he had a bunch of names on there. Now, guys who are currently coaches at he had like Luke Fickle on there. Like yeah. Luke Fickle is at a better job. Than Rutgers. So is Joe Moorhead. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so, what yeah. did Chris Ash make at Rutgers? Do we know that? Close to, to three. Okay, so that's actually more. I mean, than yeah, the money's not the issue. The, the, the issue is you're not winning. You're not winning at Rutgers. You're just, you're just not. You know, you talk about, you know, here in Mississippi, sometimes the best players get poached by Alabama and stuff. Buddy, New Jersey puts out a five star kid. He's not going to Rutgers. All right. I mean, the last one, Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers. Where did they go? Michigan. You know, now, now, I've, now I've made myself curious. But while you look here, go ahead, you, how you, you great, give me a second there. How yeah. great would it be if one time a coach was asked, ah, you know, have, have you con- been contacted by the – yeah, yeah, I called them, you know. I, I called them up. <laughs> I called them up. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> or, or, yeah, they called, you know. I'm, I'm kind of flirting with them, seeing if I can get a pay raise out of the deal. How, how great would it be if coaches just kind of like Jim Carrey, liar, liar, had, had to tell, had to the, tell truth. Us the truth? Right, Boy, Dan, Dan Mullen press conferences would have gone yeah. a lot differently. Because if you'll remember, after that Egg Bowl, like a day before he bolted for Florida, he was like, yeah, I, yeah I'll be the coach wow. here if they'll have me. Look at this. All right, here we go. This is your top uh, – we'll just do the top ten in New Jersey this year. They got they got some four-star kids. Uh, I'm just going to go where they're, where they're committed. Ohio State, one kid's uncommitted, but he's 50% to Ohio State. Ohio State, Texas A&M, Michigan, Notre Dame, Purdue, Michigan, Texas A&M, and I'm hitting up New Jersey and Stanford. Didn't hear Rutgers anywhere in there. No, it's it's got me wanting to look at uh, this. Let's, let's, let's just go a couple of few years back. We'll do. We'll start at seventeen. Uh, <laughs> We're really digging for content. I'm interested. Today, are we? We're interested. Uh, let's see here. Top seventeen. Uh, Michigan. The number two kid went to Rutgers. Uh, not that I recognize his name or anything. Uh, Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers. Stanford, man, Stanford is hitting New Jersey. Syracuse, Wisconsin, Pitt, Baylor. I mean, that's you know. So two of your top ten in state. You got one in state school, and one, and they're getting two guys. Uh, looking at 2018, Penn State, Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Florida, North Carolina State, Rutgers, and Vanderbilt. You couldn't sell that number two kid, that number ten kid, on your school. And then we'll go last but not least here at 2019. Like I said, it just, it just, it just piqued my curiosity there. 
2019. Where we're getting at here is Alabama. That kid, that's the kid who quit. Al- Antonio Alfano. Yeah. Quit the team. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, UCLA. How far do I have to go down to get a guy who went to Rutgers? Nineteenth. <laughs> the point you're trying to make here is no, you, I didn't you, try to make it. Well, I made it. <laughs> you think it's tough to win in Starkville? Yeah. It would be extraordinarily tough to win at Rutgers, and I don't look. It, we're sitting here talking about this, and Joe was asked about it, and his name's been thrown. I mean, I'm guessing here. I don't think he would have had any interest. That's a guess. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to stand behind that podium and say Rutgers. Heck no. You know, he's not going to say that. And he may, maybe I'd be wrong because it's closer to his stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be a little more interesting to him than I think it would be. But I would be shocked if he has any I'll, ever at any point here's had what an I'll itch say to, this. to coach at Rutgers. There are there are 14 schools in the Big Ten. I think if 13 other of them offered them the head coaching job, he would be interested in taking it, but not Rutgers, Maryland, Purdue, Minnesota. All of those could offer him the job, and he would at least listen. He's not listening to Rutgers. I don't think. Now, we could come back in a few months, and he's headed to Rutgers, and boy, what a situation that would make. I, I, would, I, I would immediately call Dan Mullen and just like, hey, lateral move. Yeah. <laughs> John Talty tweeted, he said, Rutgers should hang a banner for being mentioned as a semi-lateral move from Mississippi State. Like, <laughs> it's not even close. That's not even the same thing. So... Pretty uneventful night talking to those guys. Not a whole lot going on there. Um, and so we'll move forward. Uh, no more. There's no more availability of any kind. There's a teleconference on Wednesday. Which, which will probably – I would be shocked if he gets two questions. I know. He'll get one. Bob Holt. Bob hadn't – he did ask a week ago. Um, but there's been a time or two that Bob hadn't, hadn't came, came through with a question for Joe. Very surprising um, then. Actually, amazingly enough, I think this year – Joe's probably been getting more questions on the teleconference from us beat guys that that talk to him pretty regularly. Uh, it seems like I know I have participated more so because just random. Here's the reason why I've, I've asked a few more questions this time on the teleconference. We've had so many of these: is Tommy going to play or is he not? Kind yeah. of deals. To where I mean, we talked to Joe on Monday, and then we don't talk to him again until after the game, mm-hmm. except for the teleconference. That's our only other official availability kind of deal. Yeah, and. uh I mean, and even then, he doesn't give you anything. I mean, could you text or call Joe or something? I mean, I guess you could, but to me, there's only so many of those bullets you want to use up. Yeah, <laughs> that's for a big thing. I'm not <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the quarterback thing can wait. <laughs> Honestly, and I think I, I mentioned this the other day. If you want to find out who's starting a quarterback in a situation like this, your best bet is to tweet at the people who are calling the game because they get to meet with him before. You know what Dan Mullen would tell you if you want to know who's quarterback yeah, in the game? Come, come to the game. Yeah, buy a ticket. Buy a ticket. That was one of the more eventful Dan Mullen weeks. Whenever uh, Bonner broke the Will Redmond the news, tore his ACL. Yeah, he did not. Did not. not the, do you remember the call? The phone call. Show? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just, ran, just ripped into some woman, like some poor lady. Yeah. Who just and, and I think I've mentioned this before. Is you know people say, oh, we don't owe the fans anything. That's not true. The fans pay money to be there. You owe them some honesty every now and then. You know, and if everybody is reporting that this has happened, I mean, is the is the, the, the who was they playing that week? Kentucky? I think it was Kentucky. I can't even remember. It was Kentucky. It was. And uh, if you think that Mark Stoops isn't already saying, okay, I know for – too many people are reporting it. He's obviously out. Do you really think he's going, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should prepare for him to be there. I mean, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. It's, treat people with some respect. Yeah. You know, they, they, Those people are lining your pockets. 
I'm not defending Dan Mullen for how he handled that, mm -hmm. but for anyone out there wondering why he handled it that way, supposedly here, he was incredibly upset because, like, Will was hurt and, like, Maybe his parents didn't even know yet when that news was. Well, broken, buddy, that's not on thing. us. So that's on you. Get get the, get on the horn. I think you may have been worried about like some you know NFL guys being like, oh, just go ahead and drop out of college and start getting ready for the NFL kind of thing. Yeah, that was really before that kind of thing had happened. But you never know. He, we, State could have been a trendsetter there. But anyway, yeah, that was an eventful week. Yeah. All right. Speaking of eventful things, uh, the Mississippi State announced on uh, Tuesday. I don't know if I had anything to do with it. But they announced the Super Bulldog weekend would be April 9th through the 11th. We mentioned that on Sports Talk Mississippi because the Ole Miss baseball schedule was released. MSU's has not been released yet. And when I saw the dates, I said, that's got to be Super Bulldog weekend. Then we got a, a text or a tweet, I don't remember which, that said, well, that's Easter weekend. And I sort of backed off. I was like, ah, it seems unlikely they would do an Easter weekend because that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Nope, that's what they're doing. Your thoughts on that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I'm, I'm not a fan. Super Bulldog weekend on Easter weekend? I'm not a fan of that either. Because, I mean, now the kids got the, – the, the students get out. They're out on, on Thursday, right? They don't have school on Friday. Well, gosh, I guess that means that, that you're going to have the spring football game and all that on Easter weekend. And Yeah. That's that's weird. It just seems like – the problem we, we, don't, we have here is we don't know MSU's baseball schedule. So we don't know what other teams are available in the month of April. But if they're playing another home series the next weekend, that's going to look a little weird. Is that for sure Easter weekend? Like, yes. Do we know that? Yeah, I, 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 well, I Googled it. Okay. April 12th, 2020 is, well, there you go. is Easter. That's Easter weekend then. Yeah. So. Uh, Didn't they? They did Thursday, Friday, Saturday that's what a few I was years say. back they when did Auburn a, was here. That was what I was going to say. I want to say they did a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series before, but there you go. You've already done your homework. Look at you doing work before the show. Yeah. Man, proud of you. Wait a minute. Uh, they always do work before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, maybe. I'm the one who comes up with all the topics. Sometimes. What? Just wait till tomorrow's show. I came up with that one. No, that's true. That's true. Let's not, let's not go any further with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I, in theory, no, I'm not a big fan of it because, I mean, you got people traveling for Easter and that, that, that whole nine yards. And I mean, I'm going to be here either way. Whether it's on a Thursday, Friday, oh yeah, yeah, we'll be working. So I mean, for us, what's the matter? But as, as I mean, you know, as I don't know, maybe it's better. You got Good Friday, people are off. You don't have to worry about going to work that day, yeah. kind of thing. So maybe, maybe it's a good thing. It's I, possible. Uh, I haven't seen any kind of reaction to it, positive or negative, yet. So we'll see. See where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. it is. It, it is. I tell you what, State Ole Miss baseball. There will be people. There'll there. be people here. You're right about that. Did you see the Ole Miss baseball schedule? Did you did you take a look at it? I did not. All right, we're going to look at it real quick. I think they open with LSU, though, right? Let's have a laugh. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So they open open SEC schedule. I'm they right. open the season with a three game set with Louisville. Wow. All right. And then in the first month they they uh, have that. I don't know anything about Xavier, but that's their three game set there. They have Southern on February twenty fifth in Oxford. Then they travel to East Carolina for a tournament which I will assume they have to play East Carolina. And then their first three series in SEC play are LSU at Texas A&M, Arkansas. Wow. Then they get South Carolina at home, and then listen to this. This is, this is okay, April 7th they play Arkansas Pine Bluff. April 9th through 11th. State. State. 
Then they travel to North Alabama, remember who beat them last year. April 17th through the 19th, Vanderbilt at home. April 21st is the Governor's Cup state. Then their next two weekends are at Florida and at Georgia. The SEC is a murderer's row anyway, pretty That's much. Brutal. That, that is brutal. That is brutal. They they legitimately might host with like thirty three wins. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is you don't even have to. They could go thirteen and seventeen and host. You just kind of gotta tread water with that schedule. Yeah, that's crazy. That is a not that I you know am trying to take up for them. That is a brutal damn schedule. <laughs> there it is. I just used one. Eight. Ah. eight. Ah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's probably more than eight. That's oh, probably a lot more. So all right. One last thing before we get out of here. We said we were going to do a little different uh, things here and there this week. We're talking some women's basketball. Now, Joel doesn't cover women's basketball, but obviously he follows it closely enough and knows what's going on. So, a season ago, you lose the the, the, the big four starters, right? The, the four seniors. Morgan William, Blair Schaefer, Rashana Johnson, Victoria Vivians. But you still had the anchor. You still had T. And then you knew what you had with Jazz, and you're bringing in Andrea Howard. What's, who's the anchor this year? Is it Danbury? Coming back for a sixth year, or is this just where Vic sort of has to find new people to count on in crunch time? I don't know who the anchor is per se in the locker room, but I feel like, in part of it being her story and and, and overcoming the injury, uh, the ACL thing, and I think the fan. I mean, Chloe Bibby is going to be like she's the, the fan the, favorite the fan for favorite, sure. For sure. Um, inside that locker room, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, there's been so many strong personalities, it seems like, the last few years, whether it's Victoria or, or, or T or whoever. I, I don't know who stands out as that that big personality. Yeah. You know? that's, that's, that's what this team sort of lacks. The talent is there, you know, because they've just recruited so damn well. I'm racking them up. Nine. There. Probably a little more like 19, 29. Do you want to be totally honest? It's probably like 146, right? I, I, was curse to, I was trying to help I you. I curse a lot off the air. I know yeah. you, Brian. Let's put, let's put I, a, you don't have to tell me. Let's put yeah. it like this. If I worked for Barstool, <laughs> y'all just think Brandon Walker is a cursing machine. You just think that's the case. Y'all would look at me like, sir, please, there's a mechanic here. <laughs> he was offended by your language. I would like to, uh, while we're confessing things, go ahead and oh. say that I knew that Brian passed his seven. Every day. <laughs> Every day of my Every life. Every day, day since I was about nine. Most times before we ever push record. Listen before I like, I'll be honest with you. You know where I get a lot of them? When you get up? No, no, no. Out of uh, bed, like your knee pop or something? No, no, no. When I do my DDP yoga. Ah. Because he'll do these things where it, like, it, it's like watching Dora the Explorer. Like, once you count at home, I can't hear you. And I'll just be like, F you, Dallas, let's go. I'm trying to sweat here. So, uh, anyway. You're going to get us a, one of those explicit labels on our podcast. Like, people are I thought Joe Moran was going to do that to us on a. On Saturday night in Auburn. I thought I was going to have to put not safe for work on my Facebook video. video. Yeah, that, that was... Do you think Do you think it was like almost going to slip out or it was one of those where he knew what he was doing? He wanted us to know what both. word he was going to say, but he also... Because you, you can't say those things, but at the same time, yeah. sometimes you want to. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to women's basketball. Chloe Bibby, to me, huh. yeah, you're probably right that you know she's going to be sort of the rock. She was having a really good season, and, and she looked like she was getting better within the season when she got hurt. And by the way... You weren't that was there for that. That was a nasty, nasty injury. It happened ten feet from me. Um, Espinosa Hunter stepped into that role, and as the season went along, she became a lot more consistent. You know, I think the big question this year is, you know, 
this might sound funny, but you know, replacing T is not the big issue to me. I think you've still got some some talent there in the post with Jessica Carter and Promise with Promise Taylor. But who replaces Jazz? Is that going to be Maya Taylor? You know, this is sort of her time to shine now. Top player in the state for for junior and uh, senior year of high school, but then had to sit behind you know Morgan William, and then had to sit behind Jazz Holmes. Now it's her time. To me, this season and this team sort of is going to go as she goes. As if that make if do you think that's going to be the case, or can she not have a great season and MSU still you know be good? You know, I mean, good by their standards. At this point, I'm going to have to see some adversity hit this team and them just collapse or something for me to not think they're going to be good. I mean, I, maybe I put way too much faith in Vic Schaefer. You know, maybe maybe I just at, at this point think he's built this thing into such a solid rock that I, I just think it's going to take more than just one chip falling off the building for the whole thing to fall down. Like, I, I don't think the whole thing's going to crumble even if one player doesn't become or develop or whatever into what you think she should be this year. I Maybe it will. I don't, I, I don't know. But... I just think that multiple things would have to go wrong for this team to not be good. Right. But but like I said, there's a difference between good and, and their standard, standard what, good. which is they have set now. You know, Morehead wants to talk about championship standard. Vic Schaefer shets, sets, shets that? He shets that. He sets I'm that standard. I'm counting at 10. That does not count. There was an E in there. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. I mean, you know, I think we sat here a year or so ago saying, you know, is this team going to be, you know, with Victoria But I felt more confident because you had McCowan and you had Jazz, and I knew what you were getting with Andrea Howard. And it was just more of, you know, can Bibby and Danbury give you the scoring that you lost? Which they did. They did. Uh, Danbury coming back, If I next time I talk to Vic, and I guess that'll be on Thursday when we talk to both coaches, I'm going to give him a round of applause. Because in this day and age of social media and message boards and everybody knowing something, it seems like nobody had any clue that Danbury was even applying for another year of eligibility. And they got it. And to me, that really helps solidify things. Because you've got so many new faces. And you feel good about Bibby coming back, but she gives you that leadership and she's going to be somebody you can count on in crunch time a little bit. I think that's a big deal. This is a very guard-heavy team. You know, I don't know. That's that. I don't have a whole lot of questions about the backcourt. Dan Barry answers a lot of those. Bibby and Hunter are solid. I, I like Maya Taylor. I think she's going to be fine. But up front, I mean, is it going to be Car? Are they going to go Carter and uh, you know, like what's the starting lineup? I, I, is it Taylor, Dan Barry, Bibby, Carter, and Taylor? That's a big lineup there. Yeah. Or do you go smaller and you put Bibby at the four and Hunter at the three? You could do that. You know, you got you know you got a lot you got a lot of options there. Um, one thing I don't have a lot of worries about is Vic Schaefer. I feel like he will find a way to win. I know, and I... <laughs> it's... This is how... He doesn't have a national championship yet. But... This is how Alabama fans feel about Nick Saban. Yes. He'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah. How Duke fans feel about Krzyzewski. He'll yeah. just, he'll, it's going to be fine. Just bringing in five-star after five-star. It, it's fine. And, and it's fine. he's a good coach, and yeah. it'll just it'll work out. I mean, and, you know, he signed another five-star the other day. I, know, I, know we, I don't guess we played the Cruton song for women's basketball. Signed one, but got one committed. We got one committed the and, other and, day. And, did you see the, the few weeks ago when I think it was the, uh, the Kentucky game, maybe the Kansas State game, he had three five-stars on campus. Think about Mississippi State football. When have they ever had three five-star players on campus? 
that you felt good about signing too. I mean, maybe they had one. Maybe you know they had Simmons or they might have had one here or there. But three, three of the nation's top players <laughs> on campus at the same time, and you felt like you were surprised they didn't commit on the spot. That doesn't happen very often. He got one of them, and and it looks like you know the other two are, are probably going to be okay. So that that train's not going anywhere. I mean, he, he's got the he's got the transfer from Michigan State who will be eligible next year. He that that train is just it's just moving. It's really fun to watch. You know, even if you know fan or not, just the way that program works is 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 really fun to watch for me. And, and I'll be honest with you. You know, we've talked about it a million times. I'm sure Joel's the same way. And you used to you used to work women's basketball games, right? When there were as many people at the game or, or that are in this studio right now. Yeah. And you know who's in the studio right now? Me and Joel. <laughs> so I mean, I, I didn't go to women's basketball games, but they have become this incredible event. And it's it's fun to watch something. Coaches talk all the time about building from the ground up and building a foundation, and that's happened. And I got to watch it happen. That's that's been exciting. Exciting is a word, man. I mean, even now, if if you're honest, what which are you, which are you more excited for to start, men's basketball or women's basketball? Women's. Yeah, and I think that most people out there would probably say that. That's incredible. And that shouldn't be shocking because yeah. the, cr- the crowds have said that for the last, what, five, ten years. I will say this, Or not though. ten years, but... If Howland gets things running the right way, and State state makes the tournament this year, they're making it next year, that answer will flip. Because it's just that's just how fans are. They're just more interested in men's basketball. Do you... If both teams get up and rolling again, do you think you have packed humps for both teams? Or do people it's have to diff- make the that's, decision? That's, that's the problem, is... Because I really if you have like, a game on Wednesday and then a game on Thursday, you have it's it, unless you live in the area. This is the thing that's always bothered me about men's basketball attendance, is that you know I understand what the season ticket holders a lot of them live in Jackson or wherever, but there are enough people in the Golden Triangle area and and going as far maybe as away as like Tupelo, maybe into you know Greenwood's a couple hours away, but that you can drive here on a weekday night and be home at a reasonable hour to to have five to six thousand in the hump. 7,000 in the home every game. Um, you know, now part of that is I think is on MSU to they need to do a better job of helping people get get rid of their tickets and stuff like that and, and encouraging them, hey, if you're not coming to do this, I would set up a system where if your tickets you can get points for your tickets being used. Now that that, that may actually be in existence and I don't know about it, but you know, if you if you're it doesn't matter if it's you, but if your ticket was was scanned and somebody's in that seat then you get some some points. That that would go a long way, I think. They got to find something. Yeah. But that's to answer your question. No, I think it's going to be very difficult to have both programs. I mean, UConn can do it, but UConn is in a much different metropolitan area. Yeah. You know, the, UConn is how far from New York City. You know, I mean, take a train and you're probably there in a couple hours. So, I mean, they're not far from just these all those big cities in the Northeast. Yeah. It's just different. It is different. It's South Carolina, to my knowledge, does not get big crowds for the men right now. And I, they probably did a couple years ago when they were in the Final Four. But that's a Final Four team. So it's just, it just depends. If, the, if both teams are good enough, you can get the crowds. Yeah. I'll say that. I just, I've always felt like that, to me, maybe the biggest factor for why – not the biggest factor, because the biggest factor is the team had to start winning, which they've kind of done now. They're a tournament team again. But the, the second biggest factor for men's attendance, to me, was always – the women were packing things out, and and people. It's kind of like when you're 
raising a couple of kids and you you got both of them playing summer league baseball so you end up at the they play on different nights you end up at the park yeah every night of the week kind of deal well i feel like women's men's basketball have kind of all gotten to the same place here where people just they're not going to come to every game and so they're going to come to the one that excites them the most in the last five years that's women's basketball um so it'll be interesting to me to see if the men can get things up and rolling, and then you can have packed humps for both. I, yeah. I just, I, like you said, it's not easy for a lot of people to get here. So are they going to come twice as much? It, it know, might so. be one of those things where only one game of each team a week is packed. In other words, if you play two home games in a week, you can't get them both. Yeah, but if you can get what, the one women's game on Thursday and the men are playing on Saturday, you can do that. But the Wednesday men's game might not be packed. Yeah. And then the Sunday women's game might not be packed. I don't know. Or if you get weekends where you've yeah. got state both teams at home, you could have big crowds both on the weekend. Yeah. For sure. They, I'll say this, and this will be the last word on that, is that if state's winning, the fans will figure out ways to come. That's the biggest factor. It's just no that, doubt. As simple as that. So if, if, if Howland gets that team, I'm not worried about Schaefer. If Howland gets that team rolling again and they're ranked and they're playing good and they're going to go to the tournament again, people are going to come watch the game. The only thing that kind of makes me wonder about that, and I don't want to continue this too long. I know we don't have all night, but last year they were winning a good bit and there were still kind of some putrid crowds there towards the end, even with them winning. So I, I, don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I feel like I know why, like, like I said, because of all the other factors. It's on TV. You got the women rolling. You got to make decisions. Uh, you got families, you know, do you drive up from Jackson with four and a couple kids and and when you're, you might do it on the weekend for the win. I, I get why people don't come. I'm not complaining that people don't come. I just think it's a tough situation for State to try and get crowds for, for both. And, and so far, anyway, even when State's men have kind of shown hints of winning, the mm-hmm. crowd still hasn't responded and, and, yet. And just real quick, I think last year that Ole Miss game at home took so much air out of the balloon, you know, Remember, they started out, they had that great non-conference, and they went to South Carolina and lost. That was a bad loss. But you had Ole Miss coming in. If you could have beaten them, they had a pretty good crowd for that. If you had beaten them, I think everybody would have been okay. But losing that game just took – a lot of people just tapped out. They said, I'm not going to do – I'm not going to go through this. And they they didn't. And and then that's just the way it goes. So So anyway, maybe maybe we'll have packed humps for both this year. I bet we have some packed duty nobles this year too. And uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow is our baseball day. So when you're doing the rumblings, which is also tomorrow, any kind of baseball questions you've got about last year's team, about you know some of your favorite moments, or maybe about this year's team, what you want to know, I know Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Yeah, whenever I, when I do that, you, you woo. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I, I thought you were going to continue on with your sentence. No, when, I, when, I, when you hear me say Joel T. Coleman. End point. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, woo. There you go. Just practice. <laughs> but anyway... I know he, he will love to preview some baseball, some Diamond Dog baseball. So plenty of that tomorrow. We're going to really focus on that because there's not going to be a lot of football talk uh, for sure. So baseball, baseball, baseball tomorrow for the Rumbling. Should be a very special show uh, when we get done with that one. All right, guys. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Thursday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Bowl. Talk Mississippi Media Production.